Um, but but yes. Tsekiso has already joined in, is it not so? Yes, yes. I am on the line, Chair. Good evening. Hello, uh, Darren? Did, uh, did you say um, from National Treasury, DTG Tsepiso is already in, eh? I'm here, Chair. Hi, Chair. Are you struggling Welcome. to hear me? I can hear you, but I don't keep on talking. I don't see you. I am. My video is, is it not on yet? Keep, oh, there you, there you are. I don't want to talk to ghosts. <laughs> Uh, okay, DM and DJ are not yet in, eh? They, they should be. We were just on, on another call, um, right. so they should be joining in now. Okay, okay, let's just say... Uh, <clears throat> it's cold uh, in Kimberley. Yeah, hey, hey, this this cool thing, eh? I don't like it. Um, Um, honorable members, ladies and gentlemen, um, I think we 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 can, we can start. Uh, I know that DM uh, uh, and and uh, DG Dondo are, are, are trying to uh, to 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 come in. Uh, they, they they'll get us. I think we can start with our <clears throat> uh, with with our agenda. Um, Darren. Darren? Chairperson. Can you confirm that you are correcting? We are correcting, Chair. We can proceed okay. with the meeting. Okay. Thank, 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 thank you so much. You're all welcome. Do we have any apologies? Yes, Chairperson. Uh, Mr. Sheikhi, Mum, and Mr. Joseph indicated that they will be joining the meeting a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Sarupen apologized. He is online is on online classes with the university at the moment and then the minister of public enterprises also apologized he's also in another meeting that's it chair okay perfect those those uh, uh, apologies will be will, will 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 be noted so can we proceed on the basis of the agenda that was sent to us honorable members i i so move chair uh, honorable peters moves Seconda. Honorable Matafa, I second chair. Honorable Matafa seconded. Can we proceed on the basis of this agenda? Yes, thank you. <clears throat> let let me take this Hello, opportunity. Chair. Yes. Hello, chair. No, no, just yes. just for for I I have seen the invite. But the yes. invite was not the agenda. Do you can you just do us courtesy just to read the items, and and and, and of course they will, will be guided by the committee. Yes, uh, the the agenda is what I've just done: opening and welcome, apologies, and then presentation by DPE, National Treasury, Southern Express, SAA, and Business Rescue Practitioners. So those are all the presentations that we'll be having, and then we we'll have deliberations on the basis of what would have been presented. Would like to have all the presentations because they uh, <clears throat> they are related to each other, and then allow the honourable members to interact with the presentations that would have been made, and then announcements and uh, and correspondence, and then would be closure. 
Okay. Okay, DM. Thank you. <clears throat> so this 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 the this the agenda which is going to uh, uh, to to guide us uh, uh, this evening. I was saying uh, I would like to welcome all honourable members, members of staff of of of, of the standing committee on appropriations, uh, members of the media who are attending, uh, members of the public who might have joined us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome the deputy minister, public enterprises, honourable Maswale, and 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 the the acting DDG and the whole team of of, of public enterprises. Uh, welcome the Deputy Minister, uh, National Treasury, the DG, uh, so the, DD, the, the, the DDG and the whole team of National Treasury who, have, who, are, joining, who are joining us this evening. <coughs> Chairperson of ESCOM, Professor Mohoba and CEO, Mr. Rater, and the team from ESCOM. SA Executive Chair, uh, Ms. Mkoduso. SAA uh, uh, BRPs, Messias uh, uh, Tongana and uh, Matisin. SA Express BRP Advocate in Combo. Yeah, 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 all welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Just to give the background to this, uh, 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 to this interaction. Um, especially for the benefit of those who are interacting with us for the first time. Uh, the standing uh, committee... Apologies, Chair, if I may. Please do. Um, I just want to correct that the SAA mm -hmm. is uh, represented by Mr. Bongani Nkasana, uh, who is with one of the BRPs. The BRPs could not be with us um, this evening. They are working on the BR plan, uh, okay. which is June and couple days, but they are represented by Mr. Bongani Nkasana. Bongani Nkasana, okay, that's fine. That's, 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 that's fine. Welcome, Mr. Nkasana. Um, I, I wanted to say that the standing committee on appropriation, it's a uh, it's a product of a um, legislation we call Money Bills Amendment Procedure and Related Matters Act, Act Number Nine of Two Zero Zero Nine. It's uh, popularly known as uh, we're a product of the Money Bills. <clears throat> uh, briefly, whenever we introduce ourselves, we say we have got an interest in anything and everything which receives money from from government. As the name um, uh, indicates, we are an appropriations committee. So we appropriate the, 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 the funds to government, departments, and uh, its agencies and uh, SOCs. Um, recently, for instance, ESCOM would know that there is a, um, <clears throat> a special appropriations that we made towards the end of last, last, last year. So uh, that's, that's, that's why uh, all of you are, 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 are are here. Um, I like making this uh, example that before ESCOM got bailouts uh, from from government, uh, they were not interacting with this committee, but immediately they started getting money from government. It was an invitation to us that they want us to come closer to them and everybody else. <clears throat> so, um, honorable members, ladies and gentlemen, we 
we decided that let's have this meeting. Uh, we wrote letters to the to the to the department saying exactly what we're looking for, and uh, I'll allow the uh, the deputy ministers who are here to indicate how they wanted to deal with uh, with the tonight's presentations. DM as well, I, 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 see, I see you, uh, because it will depend on how you want to take it before I allocate time to your presentations. Uh, please come in. Not thank, thank you, thank you, Chair. Um, for, for what I know, I thought, uh, particularly with the, with the entities, uh, that mm. is uh, SA Express, uh, the ESCOM, as well as SAA, the presentation that uh, we would make, that is DPE, would have uh, been canvassed between the three entities together. Right. So without uh, much, I would imagine it should be similar as well. Maybe Treasury might have a different take on the same information or the similar information. But mm -hmm. I think we could present one and then uh, perhaps Treasury separately, I don't know. But uh, it would really be... To the, I mean, as the committee would be, uh, would, would be so pleased. Okay, thank, thank, thank you, TM. Sepis, uh, um, I think the teacher is still not in, and the, 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 the DM, if they are not in, I'm here, yeah. I'm, I'm here, oh. just invisible, oh. but I've turned on my video here. I don't know why you can't see me. Now, now, we, now we can, uh, we, we can see you now. Do, do you have some? Do you have something in front of? I can see you, but I, I still can't see you. But that's fine. Um, the, Chair, I was going to I was going mm -hmm. to echo DM Masole's comments that we have worked on the presentation um, together with the DPE. Together. So there is no other presentation. There's only one presentation, um, and the DPE would start um, presenting, and we are here to answer questions and engage with the committee as and when it's required. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Sepiso. DM Asondo? Yeah. No, no, Sepiso is correct, uh, Chair. The team uh, that is um, DPE, National Treasury, uh, they've been working together to put this presentation um, if, so that, yeah, we, so I think uh, she's correct that uh, the Department of Public Enterprise will take a lead and we will support and we are fully aware of what's entailed in this uh, two presentations, in all these presentations. Thank you, Chair. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, DM. You are, you are welcome. And and I know I heard that there are other members from other committees who joined us uh, this this evening. They are most, they are most welcome, uh, but just the uh, the rules of the game that the, uh, since we've got limited time, uh, the preference get, uh, gets given to the members of, 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 of this committee. But when we've got time, we can... Uh, <clears throat> uh, Honorable Mazambane, welcome. I heard you are, you are, you are around. Uh, and all other members who may be here. Uh, can I then uh, ask the teams to start with their presentations? Um, I think let's... I think if we say, what is time now? <coughs> uh, score a pass. If if we go up to maximum at about 1900 hours, I think, and then from there we allow the the honourable members to to engage. 
Uh, let's see whether we, uh, we that's, that's about 45 minutes. Um, honorable DMs and your teams, let's, let's, let's start. And I'll request Mr. everybody. Yes, yes, dear. I'll request everybody else okay. to mute uh, his or, or or her mic and allow the, the 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 speaker or the presenter to continue. Yes, DM. Yes, thank you, Chair. No, I was going to say um, we really appreciate the opportunity that the committee is presenting us uh, uh, to come and. Uh, have an exchange insofar as uh, the financial situation confronting these entities and the challenges that have been brought about. The, the acting DG uh, public enterprises will proceed uh, to make the presentation and, and uh, I'm sure the team may make additions and, 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 and then uh, within the time you have provided. In the team we have uh, also brought along as you have uh, correctly acknowledged, uh, uh, the, the, the chair of uh, the acting chair at, at, at ESCOM, as well as the CEO, we brought uh, the team from uh, SAA, as well as XA, SA Express. So, Chair, without uh, much ado, can I ask, with your permission, that uh, uh, the, the, the team, the acting DG, takes on the presentation? Please proceed. Uh, good evening, Chair. Uh, good evening to the DMs, honorable members, as well as colleagues uh, who, are, who have joined us uh, online. Chair, that is the outline of the presentation that we'll be making. It will first start with ESCOM, uh, proceed to SAA, and then to South African Express. I can have uh, the next slide, please, slide number four. Slide number four. Chair, with regard to uh, ESCOM um, in 2019-20, the special appropriation that was um, uh, uh, that was passed was 26 billion rands and 33 billion rands um, in total, which is 59 billion for the uh, for the 2019-20 year as well as 20. 2021 and the conditions that were uh, passed with the appropriation were 29 in all and they covered uh, those areas uh, from financial uh, all the way to general conditions. With regard to uh, compliance, uh, ESCOM has um, uh, complied with most of the conditions attached uh, to the appropriation. There's one condition that remains outstanding, that is the selling of the uh, finance, the ESCOM finance company, which provides uh, uh, facilities to employees. That has been deferred to 2020-21, and the indication from ESCOM was that the interest um, in the market and as well as uh, the lockdown had not helped in ensuring disposal of that entity. And uh, for the 2020-21 uh, financial year, the conditions have been finalized. The next slide, please. The challenges that are plaguing uh, ESCOM as they've become well-known declining revenues, uh, the high debt levels we are aware of, 
um, the high cost structure of the business, regulatory uh, uncertainty, uh, the challenge that they have with non-payment, uh, it has been as a result an over-reliance on government support and the business model has not helped um, the business at all, um, leading previously to its review uh, in the last financial year and the release of the roadmap by DPE on the 29th of October. Uh, in uh, uh, regard to the performance of the business, um, despite these challenges, the, what we have seen is that revenues have been increasing, driven mainly by tariff increases, um, and the volumes have been um, uh, uh, have not been moving uh, due to a combination of factors, including the the economy, which has been rather stagnant over the last couple of years. What has report been reporting financially uh, uh, twenty is a sixteen billion rands loss versus the previous year's loss of twenty billion rands. Uh, cash generated uh, from operations has not enabled the business to meet its obligations. Uh, we have uh, that the, the business in terms of uh, cash uh, uh, equivalents was sitting at about 23 billion rands, mainly due to the support that had been uh, uh, given to it by, by government. Uh, the EBITDA margin is reflected there, as indicated, is inadequate uh, for the business to meet its obligations. Um, the business remains under pressure uh, with the debt service cover ratio that is below one. Um, and um, those are the ratios that uh, further reinforce um, the financial situation. Next slide, please. The municipal debt remains a big challenge for the business uh, uh, chair. The, the rear debt is sitting uh, at about um, uh, 28 billion rents at the end of the last financial year, having increased from 19 billion. Um, despite certain concessions that ESCOM has made to municipalities, the situation is not improving. Um, and there is uh, there are measures that uh, ESCOM has put together to try and and reduce um, uh, the burden on the municipalities, including placing the the debt in a suspense account. Um, uh, we have spoken to some of the interventions. The first one on revenue increase. We have spoken about that. Uh, the, the concessions. Uh, that covered the, uh, we will get to interest um, rate, yeah, interest rates that have been reduced uh, to lessen the burden on the municipalities. There's spent, extended payment terms that have been agreed, um, and also payments have first been allocated to capital to try and reduce that burden. Unfortunately, these measures are not having the desired effects. Next slide, please. These um, are the interventions that government overall has made to help to assist. The support package is well known. The clearing account um, uh, uh, approval in May 2020 is reflected there. We are also having with the uh, Department of Mineral Resource and Energy 
engagements with coal suppliers, uh, as well as the IPPs to try and reduce the uh, what has been a, a rather uh, high increase in primary energy costs uh, for ESCOM. Uh, the engagements with, with the coal suppliers uh, are, are moving rather slow. There some of the majors have raised challenges with discussing uh, prices um, uh, due to competition commission or rather competition concerns. Um, so we're hoping we'll be able to overcome those uh, challenges at some point. There is an interministerial uh, task team that has been set up on the municipal debt. Uh, that, um, uh, and also there's, a, there's an ESCOM task team that has been set up uh, looking at ESCOM overall. And that is one of the areas that we look at. ESCOM also has um, made some efforts to help itself. Uh, there's been a savings in the last financial year of nine billion rents that have been achieved. Um, the borrowing plan in the last financial year was about uh, 46 billion rents, and, uh, and there is a directive to dispose of non-core assets, and we've spoken about ESCOM finance company challenge, disposal challenges. Next um, slide, please. Uh, with regard uh, to, to the unbundling, um, it has um, been conceptualized uh, as indicated in the roadmap. Um, the board has also approved um, at, at the plan. Um, there are broad consultations uh, that, that have happened. Um, the lenders have uh, shown support. The divisional boards uh, in pursuing this um, unbundling um, uh, a strategy has is is proceeding well, and, uh, with the boards of both the transmission and the distribution business uh, meeting around the 9th of March this year. Uh, they are chaired by the group chief executive has come say it on the on the generation side where progress has been made. And some of the provisions that have been um, uh, affected into this unbundling is ensuring compliance with the Companies Act, the King's Codes of Governance. Um, uh, at this moment, this, those boards are, are composed by executives. Uh, there are no additional costs as a result that are being generated as a result. And the, the group executives have been appointed as the managing directors of these entities. Um, and those are uh, some of the provisions repeated there that have been factored in. And the operating model has been developed, developed the functional leaderships for these entities have been uh, set up and the EXCO, of course, has approved uh, this new setup. Please go to the next one. Um, so the impact of Corona on the business is, uh, ESCO has seen a lower demand uh, due to uh, to lockdown, obviously certain economic activities uh, being put on hold, and that has had a direct impact on revenues. Um, the non-payment by municipalities has also been on the increase. Uh, on the positive side, load shedding has not been experienced during this period, and uh, ESCOM is currently busy with. Uh, uh, calculating the impact on COVID in the financial numbers, and as well as the 
the downgrade that we've experienced. The additional cost savings that will be explored going forward and, uh, and ESCOM is uh, uh, ensuring that it operates within the financial envelope that it has been given. Moving on to SAH, uh, uh, if you can go on to the next slide, please. Uh, the 5.5 billion rents was allocated in the last financial year. Uh, there is, uh, uh, there has been uh, regular engagements uh, uh, with uh, uh, with the entity, both uh, prior to the business rescue um, and also during the business uh, rescue period, despite some of the challenges that have been widely uh, covered. Um, and in uh, addressing the situation at the entity, we are obviously seeking uh, the best um, uh, shareholding model that can also ensure that there is uh, injection of capital going forward. Um, we are also looking at uh, some of the assets that um, uh, could be disposed uh, from an entity or, or those that lend themselves best to strategic equity partnerships. Um, there, there has um, been up to now um, an effort to ensure all the, uh, uh, the deducted taxes are paid uh, timelessly um, and also uh, the ensuring that uh, uh, the debt, the guaranteed debt, uh, is settled going forward. As we are aware as well, is that um, National Treasury as well in the 2020 budget also came forward and um, also provided um, support in terms of payment of some of that guaranteed fund. Um, and as a result, uh, there is compliance on the part of SAA related to those conditions. Um, the business uh, chair, uh, I think it is to say that it has a finance and liquidity cha challenges seems to underplay the very difficult spot that it has found itself in that has led to business rescue on the 6th, rather on the 5th of uh, December last year, the business had a high um, uh, cost structure. Um, we know of the, of the long history of not implementing turnaround strategies that are agreed, um, as well as a high turnover of leadership at the business over the years. And, um, and, it, and unfortunately, what has also gotten it here has also been that um, the support business have not been properly leveraged in the past and uh, ended up being uh, a drag on the business. I think that SAA technical is one of, is a glaring example of that when you look at the maintenance costs of the business versus its peers. The aviation policy chair in the country has not helped us uh, helped us much. Um, you know the 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 I think it's called the free, fifth freedom rise that we're given to foreign airliners, especially the Gulf Airlines, has meant that um, uh, uh, market share has been taken away uh, from SAA, SAA internally as well from the early 90s, accounting for uh, over 90% of uh, in local traffic is now down to about 9%. Of course, some of that Mango has been able to yeah. 
to retain as well as the as well as the uh, airlink uh, and sa express UF franchises the aircraft fleet has also not helped being uh, uh, especially on international rules the four engine aircraft proved to be quite a challenge with regard to performance uh, over the last 13 years it has um, uh, produced that 34 billion rands of losses it has been rather uh, reliant on government uh, to prop it up and uh, it has been uh, technical insolvency since 2013 and, uh, and the result is that obviously is, is uh, what we have seen the business rescue next slide please the cost that is uh, uh, some of the uh, the comparisons between SAA and its peers on this, you can see that both on revenue uh, per seat kilometer and also uh, cost uh, per seat kilometer, the business has not um, uh, done well. Uh, and also on the uh, figure below, if you look at SAA cost structure versus that of its peers, there's a, a very glaring uh, a gap uh, between itself and IATA average. And some of the strategies that were deployed where uh, SAA tried to, to basically uh, reduce uh, the root network to get itself to help did not help. And so it entered into a very a spiral that we have now seen. Um, what we have uh, some of the interventions going forward that will hope will, will be reflected in, in the new uh, business model is an improved uh, fleet utilization. Um, more modern fleet being deployed, especially on uh, international routes. Um, SAT um, has to uh, uh, come through with better uh, uh, costs uh, for the airline and the turnaround times where aircraft become hangar queens needs to stop. The IT system needs to, to be improved. Um, at the, the number of people employed per aircraft as well as the benefits that were being derived uh, from the airline needs to, uh, will, will be getting a particular attention. And on our side, uh, a chair, we have uh, what you call the leadership, uh, a compact forum where uh, the department and unions are putting particular focus in these particular areas uh, to ensure that um, we agree in not only on ensuring that the numbers are addressed and the benefits are addressed, but also ensuring that those employees that will uh, uh, inevitably have to be let go, that there is appropriate um, measures in place to reduce uh, hardship on them. Next slide. Um, those are uh, some of the interventions, Chair. I will not go more into them. I think they are well known on the on the left hand side, uh, on the right hand side. Um, uh, negotiations with lenders uh, to manage um, the majority of loans. Those those will be looked at, um, and also just to ensure that it it. Um, it coincides with government's planning and also when the payments will be uh, made available. 
Um, and also there are a number of options that have been looked at in terms of uh, recapitalizing what will be the new airline. Um, Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. Uh, so Chair, that's not um, from my side. Your know, call so. has been placed on hold. Please wait. So needs to, to mute. Um, Honorable members, ladies and Your gentlemen. Your call has been placed on hold. Please mute. Yeah. Chair, there's also a liability that we need to manage with regard to unflown uh, tickets, uh, which amounts to 2.8 billion. Uh, uh, yeah, so that's uh, the engagements that we'll have to, to undertake with the, the ticketing agents and some of the stakeholders in that space. Um, yeah, the next slide, please. Yeah, um, I think for the airline industry, the, the impact of Corona is, is well known. Um, the industry has virtually been brought to a standstill. There's quite a number of airlines uh, that have met uh, with their demise during this particular period. Some of them, the significant ones, uh, uh, Vision Australia, I think. We, we Jefferson, I'm sorry. Yes. Apologies. Apologies, Jefferson. Am I the only one who don't see this? Slides. In, in fact, I'm, I'm busy writing to Terry and trying to find out whether I'm the only one. Uh, we are no longer seeing the slides. We went up to slide number 10, and after that, they just disappeared. Oh. Um, I can uh, see the person. Then it's Joseph here. You see, you see. You see the slides, yes. You see DA. Yes, yes. Now it's bad. I still don't have it. I, I thought it's DA supporting us, Honorable Joseph. <laughs> I can see the slides as well. Okay, well, for some reason, I, I, I can't see, but I'm, 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 I'm looking at my, at, at my uh, slides that were sent to me. It's, 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 it's fine. Um, continue, continue. Um, and if, if, we, if we don't see, please go to, to the one which was sent to us. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sorry for that, DG. Uh, uh, All right. No, no problem, Chair. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was saying Corona is uh, its impact on the industry is, is well known. Uh, I was saying Vision Australia is one of those entities that will be no more. We have seen uh, today that um, Lufthansa in Germany has uh, uh, approached its government, or rather, the government has agreed to pro to fund it to provide some capital. Um, uh, we have seen uh, in South America, LATAM, which is a, uh, a big uh, operator uh, covering a few countries in South America, has, has encountered some challenges in the U.S. Uh, we have seen that government has had to provide um, $25 billion to, to the airlines there with another $25 billion uh, later. On the continent here, Chair, we have seen uh, on a in our parts of the world that uh, uh, BACOM Air has gone into business rescue. The, uh, the other airlines uh, are, are coming with some measures to try and reduce costs, uh, including reduce payment to staff. So, uh, we understand some of them are contemplating the drastic actions as well. So that's, um, and, and, uh, uh, and uh, according to IATA, we are likely to see about uh, post-COVID um, 
about 50% of the of the air traffic uh, uh, revenues uh, disappearing. So which means we're going to end up with a much smaller airline industry than what we have been used to. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a long uh, recovery path, uh, Chair. Um, next slide, please. Yeah, um, yeah, we I've covered some of these points. Thank you. Uh, as Express uh, Chair um, had been uh, provided with 300 million, um, and uh, uh, there was um, a directive that uh, DPE share with National Treasury. Uh, uh, for the proposal on consolidation. That was done, but it was never achieved, Chair, uh, due to the challenges uh, that you have just spoken about on, on uh, rather business rescue. Yeah. Uh, please, next slide. Um, the challenges of uh, Express were no different, Chair, to those of SAA, we also had uh, uh, bad contracts uh, 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 in the in the entity. Internal controls was a major issue, um, as reflected uh, in uh, qualified audit uh, outcomes. Um, the strategy was not implemented. At some point, we had um, the air operator certificate. Uh, being suspended uh, both in 2016 and 2018. Um, and uh, but uh, one of the major challenges was the airline uh, could not put enough uh, uh, aircraft on the line. And so on any given day uh, of the 15 aircraft that it had, um, it struggled to put five or six, especially in, uh, in the last days as cash was running out. Um, on financial performance, uh, the anti-generated uh, uh, profits up to uh, financial 11 there has been uh, incurring losses. Um, I think the, the, the less said about what happened, I think the better. It's, uh, um, if you can move on to the next slide. Um, the business rescue uh, 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 filed by one of the creditors, Chair, uh, is what we ended up with. They uh, All that they had to prove was that the entity was in distress and the, the courts agreed and placed the entity into business rescue. Uh, the management and the board had raised uh, uh, a challenge, or rather, had raised uh, problems with the creditor that would consent, saying that there's some, they have they have an irregular contract, um, uh, but that obviously was not the issue before the courts. Um, and uh, the uh, there was uh, a few iterations at preparing uh, a plan to enable uh, securing of. Uh, post-commencement funding to get the airline off the ground. Uh, that did not uh, uh, succeed, Chair. Uh, and what we ended up with was that on the 28th of uh, April, the airline was put into provisional liquidation, and the final liquidation is due to be had 
on the 9th of June 2020. Uh, we do have a liability as government on the right hand side of the slide of 164 million, uh, uh, which is a guarantee uh, that is begging letters of credit um, for the airlines that were leased by the by the entity between ourselves and Treasury, we are managing that risk. Um, uh, and then that statement there uh, to consider rental packages uh, 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 for all staff, I must say, is, is one of the areas that we need to to look closely at with our colleagues at um, at National Treasury. But it's uh, it's quite. Um, it's quite a proposition, we must say, because obviously the challenge as well is that you have an entity that is that is now gone into liquidation. And the question is, uh, is will this be standard practice for government going forward? Those are some of the issues that we'll need to address. Next slide. Yeah, um, I think the impact of Corona um, on with regard to both airlines, they were already teetering uh, before Corona arrived. And I think Corona just pushed them over the edge uh, as it is. But what we know, of, um, what we have as a brief uh, chair is to ensure that we have uh, a national carrier uh, as a country. Um, and that national carrier will uh, have to service both domestic, regional, as well as uh, international goods. So that is the brief that is informing uh, our work. The issue of an express service to, to service secondary cities is an, is an outstanding element um, that uh, at the later stage will be looked at. Um, but I think the, um, it, it is safe to say that uh, Express um, the 9th of June may just be the D-Day, unless some miracle materializes. Next slide. Is this the last slide? Oh. Um, yeah, just um, uh, other information is, uh, Chair, in, in, in alleviating the situation of the employees at, at Express, uh, we made um, a special appeal to UIF and we applied for the TES uh, COVID um, and uh, there was a payment in April uh, to the employees. The challenge with this case, it's created for those entities that that have um, um, uh, uh, an opportunity with this assistance to come back and operate. In the case of Express now being in, um, uh, in provisional liquidation, this is not the case. So going forward, it will, it will be a challenge but discussions are continuing with, you, with the Department of Labor, rather, to see how the employees can be helped going forward. Chair, that's uh, the end of the presentation. We have uh, put in some additional slides um, in case we need to refer to them. Thank you so much. I don't know whether my colleagues at National Treasury want to add anything. Okay, let's, let's, let's hear anything from NT. Uh, no, Chair. As I said, it's, it's a joint presentation. The acting DG has um, covered all the points sufficiently, um, so we can take questions at this point. Thank you. 
Okay, thank you. Perhaps before we 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 we, we take uh, questions, can I just check uh, with the deputy ministers whether there's anything that they want to add, or they'll come in uh, in in a, an a, a, an answer uh, session. Uh, that's 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 one. Or or, or the chairs and. Um, um, or CEO Zula here from these entities. Is there anything that would you like to add? Or they'll come again at the end of the, when they deal with the questions. Uh, Prof, anything for now? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take it that uh, um, uh, <clears throat> they, will, they, they, will, they will come in uh, as we deal with the, the questions uh, coming from the honorable members. Honorable members, can I, Get an indication who's going to talk. Thank you very much for your presentation. There are a few of us. Just just say your name. I'll write I'll write it down. You know how we do it. Honorable Peters. Honorable Peters. Chair, Honorable Kaiso. Sarupen. Honorable uh, Sarupen. Kaiso. Kaiso. Dehale. Honorable Dehale. Honorable Sanguini. Honorable Sanguini. Honorable Joseph. We have Mlenzana, Honorable Mlenzana. Umazamba and Mauvo, my sky. Amazamba and Zokfag. Honorable Liz. Is that here, Honorable Matafa? Yes, Chair. Okay. Um, Honorable Joseph, you are in. Uh, Sarupenia in. Shake okay, Honorable, Honorable Sheikh. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Um, let's 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 try to cover our questions uh, in in three minutes. And with a little bit of injury time, if you, but I think we should we should be done with uh, uh, questions uh, at around about half past. Honourable Peters. Thank, thank, thank you, Chairperson, and thank you to the acting DG and the DMs and everybody who's there from National Treasury and DPE and the entities. Chairperson, uh, I, I will ask my questions uh, not in the order of the presentations. Let me start with one question only related to SAA. I think uh, it was expected that within 25 days, in terms of the Companies Act, the uh, business re uh, rescue practitioners would have produced a report. And um, I just want to find out, five months later, no plan from the BRP yet. Is DPE and National Treasury able to tell us why? And actually, uh, what is the cost to the state for this uh, lengthy uh, process that the BRP is involved in? Because it looks like the BRP is now instead running the company uh, as opposed to producing the plan. Have they been able to do the skills audit? And uh, can they tell us whether this uh, uh, rescue 
plan would need additional injection from the fiscus. My second question, uh, Chairperson, is to uh, a DPE with regard to the non-payment of ex, um, the 691 uh, uh, express employees. I don't know whether they have been able to fathom the impact and on on the on the personal lives of the employees. Not being paid in March, not being paid in April. I don't know whether they've been paid now in coming May. What is the the the? Have they actually looked at the personal implications, the debt implications? But also I want to know whether the third party uh, uh, payments have been done on behalf of these workers if they've not been paid their own salaries. And and also, Chairperson, uh, uh, are we able to get the total liabilities of SA Express? With regard to ESCOM, I think ESCOM chairperson has become almost like a spoiled bread of the family. Maybe because of your statement, chairperson, at all times, as well as the chairperson of the finance committee in the NCOP, always saying ESCOM is too important an institution of the state to be allowed to fail. And that's why they become a, 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 a so spoiled. We are expect, expecting a comprehensive report as SCOA from ESCOM and, uh, and through the departments in terms of the reports that we tabled in 1920 appropriations a, 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 a process. I just want to know, what is it? Can ESCOM tell us, NDPE, is there a contract in the coal contracts that have been re, uh, renegotiated? What is the situation related to the municipal debt? We've heard all sorts of stories. There were uh, uh, threats of attachment of... Uh, 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 I mean, this Bambayeka approach is not delivering services. What is it that have been done with regard to communities? Have we been able to get that one meter, one household uh, uh, intervention implemented? I think also, Chairperson, what has ESCOM done with regard to the debt by the private sector? We have said that the private sector equally has got a huge debt to, to ESCOM, and especially private sector role players who are themselves uh, uh, contractors to ESCOM. They're doing business with ESCOM. ESCOM is paying them, but they are not paying ESCOM. What has ESCOM done with regard to energy efficiency? And also, with regard to COVID-19, is ESCOM was saved by the bell that we didn't have a load shedding. Industry scaled down because of lockdown. Lockdown is easing. Winter is coming. Are we expecting a, 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 a rolling blackouts? Are we expecting load shedding? And has ESCOM been able to use this more than two months of a, a lockdown to deal with their maintenance challenges because they've always said they need to switch off some of the plants and it, it gave them an opportunity on a silver platter, Chairperson. I can see that you say I'm in injury time. Thank you.
Jefferson, you are muted. Honorable Sarupen. Uh, thank you, Chair. Okay, um, let's. And then after after Sarupen is Taiso, after Taiso is Tehale, after Tehale is Tlangwini, Tlangwini, Joseph, Lenzana, Liz, Matafa, and Sheikh. Please, uh, let's just come in as uh, uh, one after the other. Thank you. Great, thank you, Chair. Um, sorry for the delay then. Chair, um, I've, I've got a couple of questions. First, around to surrounding, surrounding the business rescue plan for SAA, what is the delay around publishing that? What is the call? When can we expect it? Um, and has it been updated to consider the circumstances of COVID? What are the odds of actually finding any strategic equity partner for South African Airways um, in the current uh, environment, particularly considering that, as was noted, every single airline in the world is facing extreme um, stress as a result of the of the crisis. Um, then, with regards to SA Express, Chair, um, the first thing and to, to echo Honourable Peter's point around the employees of SA Express, um, the business rescue practitioners have made sure that SAA's employees up to a point have been paid, but not SA Express. Um, so I, I'd really like to to get some clarity. Has SA Express paid over at least their PAYE to SARS for their employees? Have they been making commitments um, in terms of, of the funeral plans and then all of the other, other um, pledges that they were meant to cover for their employees? Um, if not, why not? And when will, when will some of these things be, be paid? Um, I'd also like to know, I mean, what are the prospects of the SA Express SAA merger if this is to, it's to proceed? And what does the um, department consider uh, a possible likely successful merger if they're going to try and keep SAA flying? Um, quite frankly, both of these things should be private, but it is what it is. A and what was the cause of the complete breakdown of SA Express to the point where it could not even pay salaries and and what happened to its bailout and how it used its bailout in the previous financial year of 1.2 billion? What what happened to it? When can we expect reports on 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 its utilization? And ultimately, I'd also like to know for both of these um, SAA and SA Express, uh, considering that their um, liabilities do exceed their assets. What is the prospect of a successful winding down that won't trigger uh, further further cross defaults and other debts owed by the state? Thanks. Thank you, Chair. Uh, let me also welcome the presentation made uh, this evening. Let me also start uh, where my colleagues started on SA and the SA Express. I just want to uh, get this fact very clear. The extent of <clears throat> involvement of uh, in decision making uh, at SAA and the SA Express uh, with business practitioners and liquidators at helm, uh, given the situ economic situation that it, it has uh, displayed itself in the country where the economy has contracted and the impact of uh, COVID-19, uh, it has made a huge uh, dent on the, on, the, on the economy of the country. 
But then uh, the interest is, as the government is providing financial services to both entities, we have seen a a, a, a threat of retrenchment in, in, in both SAA and SA Express and the possibility of losing high skill of uh, those workers who are employed in those two entities. Now, is, does the government being a partner in these two entities just watching as everything is unfolding, including retrenchment, can it do, can it not do something to uh, arrest that situation where workers, given the situation of the economy, are going to lose their job, can at least uh, stop that process or give it a, a new direction such that workers do not lose income. <clears throat> How does government going to deal with the retrenchment, uh, basically? So on COVID-19, we, we are aware that now a, a package for COVID-19 uh, intervention measures has been announced, but the interest is did uh, the two entities getting anything from this package of intervention uh, so that they can assist. Coming to ESCOM, according to National Treasury, South Africa's uh, debt problems has overwhelmingly been created by ESCOM. So it, Treasury further says now, uh, in its assessment, the government has little fiscal policy space. Now, my question is, has ESCOM business uh, model changed where it is, uh, where ESCOM uh, was uh, to a new uh, uh, type of uh, a business model so that we can know that uh, there's a movement forward? <clears throat> And on tariffs increase uh, by ESCOM has actually caused a burden to consumers over a period of time. And actually it has doubled over four times above the consumer price index. Uh, seemingly ESCOM is being actually been uh, assisted through the uh, tax. Uh, so now it is ESCOM which has been benefiting out of this and been financed by the people, but the situation does not improve uh, yet. Now, my question is, <clears throat> since the beginning uh, or the entrance of the chief restructuring officer, there has been a, 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 a promise that there will be a report as to uh, what is happening, unfolding at the level of ESCOM since the introduction or the coming in of chief restructuring officer. So is that report available to the parliament? Because it was promised that it will be made so that the parliament can make an oversight, oversight of it. So what are, are the options for restructuring uh, of ESCOM debt? It's very important. Now, <clears throat> Lastly, Chair, uh, on, on, on the proposal made by COSATU, uh, what is the attitude, attitude of COS, uh, government towards that proposal, or, uh, or specifically ESCOM, or to reduce uh, ESCOM debt to a more manageable uh, 200 billion rand has been considered by ESCOM? 
I think it's very important we get that part because it has never been clear what what has been the attitude of, uh, of government. <clears throat> so uh, let me pause that, Chairperson, and thank you very much for for for, for, for the opportunity. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, good good evening, comrades. Good evening, members of parliament. Chairperson, uh, uh, <clears throat> I have only one question to ESCOM, and my question is based on the the debt that the municipalities owing ESCOM. Uh, during the presentation, we have heard that the, the debt is not decreasing, but it is increasing. So my worry is if other municipalities can be able to pay ESCOM, why are the others not paying ESCOM? And what is it that ESCOM is doing? Because I know even with the Christians, if ever they, they, they are faced with a serious challenge, they'll even go deeper into a fasting and prayer session, whereby at the end of the day, they will end up getting what they want. So what is it that ESCOM is doing? Thank you, Chair. Unmute this thing. Thanks. Thanks, Chair. Um, and thank you for the presentation. Uh, presentation, um, Chair, for for me. And the way the the the, the acting DG have presented. Um, uh, I don't know. Is it maybe the cold weather, but uh, or what or is the DG, uh, D, um, acting DG signaling that there's no hope in all of these entities, but that was my feeling. But nevertheless, Chair, um, let me go or shoot to my, to my questions. Uh, one of mine is on ESCOM um, Chair, um, that I just like to find out from the department. ESCOM have identified procurement as a potential lever to drive cost savings. What process have been made in renegotiating coal contracts and the overhauling coal procurement system in ESCOM? And then number two, what is the internal cost saving measures that, um, that are in place to compensate for the loss in the revenue owing to the COVID-19, if they can enlighten us on their plans. And then, I mean, I, I think the Honorable Depoer and the Honorable Saropen have, have, have taken the one of SAA and the the business rescue uh, um, business rescue plan that needs to be advertised. I think they have, they have covered that one in great deal. I am in support of that one. We need to know why have this plan not been um, publicized as yet. And then the last one, what is the current process in addressing the maintenance backlog? Chair, that is my one. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. 
So thank you, Chairperson. May I continue? Chairperson? After um, ครับท่านนรุจน์ครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับคร
Yes, honorable members, I, I said once, just go in like that. Um, uh, if I need uh, to interject, I'll interject. Sure, sure. Thank you. Okay, honorable Lenzana, please come in. Yes, Chairperson, let me join uh, the members in welcoming uh, this presentation. Uh, I, I can stand, Chairperson, uh, the presenters were also rushing for time and uh, they made it. They were even, you know, uh, earlier than what you gave them. But, 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 but then, Chairperson, let me, it's only a few questions. It's on ESCOM and FAA. Let me start with ESCOM. Uh, uh, you know, Chairperson, looking at the financial pressures that are currently, you know, uh, surfacing from time to time, uh, particularly during this stage of the lockdown, one would like to know what is estimated loss in terms of revenue owing to the lockdown. What internal cost uh, saving measures? are to be implemented uh, both uh, in the short to, to medium term to compensate the loss of the revenue owing to this COVID-19 pandemic. Then the second one would be linked also to the lockdown. Uh, in the light of the easing of the lockdown restrictions and associated increase in demand owing to colder weather, the stock has started is ESCOM fully capacitated to meet electricity demand? Uh, what is the likelihood of sh uh, load shedding? It has started in, uh, in, in Coxton. Uh, if it is there, for how long uh, will it take? What is the current progress in addressing the maintenance backlog? With the SAA tempesting, it's only one, uh, just one question. Oh, before, 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 before that tempesting, on ESCOM also, I'm leaving just one question. I'm not sure whether it's going to the Deputy Minister of Finance or uh, the Deputy Minister uh, Public Enterprises. Chairperson, uh, I saw the condition. And, uh, but then for me, uh, I, I see the content, but now one would be interested, Chairperson, on the form. Remember, we have been echoing on this. Are these conditions legislated? Are these conditions uh, as directives or what to ESCOM? If we could be, you know, explained as the committee so that you are able to, to, to follow what we are given by the department relevant. Then on SAH, uh, just one question. Uh, what is the current cash flow situation or forecast? for SAA, considering the massive decline in revenue and the contractual obligations related to maintaining the fleet and other fixed costs. It's just that one, Chair, on uh, SAA. Thank you. You can give one minute to Mazamba. Umkaya Wampad. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, let's get on with some serious business. Um, with, with regard to, to ESKIM, um, 
the point's already been made, and I just want to reinforce it, that it, the, one of the key things with ESKIM is how the debt's going to be restructured. So I would really love to ensure that that, that is answered. But another question for ESKIM is what the status is with the um, the the CRO appointment, the, um, the restructuring officer. Has the appointment been made, um, and and what role is 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 that appointment playing there? Mr. Chairman, Slalo, um, then I just want to move on to my favourite topic, as you know. Um, the Gauteng Division of the High Court today uh, ruled, declared our mutual friend, Ms. Mieni, a delinquent director, and banned her from being appointed as a director for life. Now, that's, that in itself is, is quite a thing, but what the judgment says um, in paragraph 278, Ms. Mnyeni's dishonesty, breach of fiduciary duty, recklessness, and gross negligence are addressed in detail. Ms. Mnyeni not only proved to be dishonest in her dealings at SAA, but she has been dishonest with this court. So I just want to ask the, um, I'm sorry the BRPs aren't present, but Bongani is here. Um, so perhaps he should answer, because the BRPs are the accounting officers at SAA. Um, is, will the BRPs be uh, instituting action against Ms. Mnyeni for, for damages during her time at, at SAA? Um, Mr. Chairman, again, another question for Bongani, because today the BRPs issued a a media um, a letter to creditors or affected persons. And the very last paragraph, um, it states it as follows. It is considered view of the business rescue practitioners that there's still a reasonable prospect of rescuing SAA subject to the requisite funding. Can Bongani please tell us how much is this requisite funding? And has where is this funding going to come from, Mr. Chairman? Last one on sex. Um, the there's a lot being said about the employees who've been dumped and have not been paid. But there's one employee, Mr. Chairman, who uh, who's not only got everything out of SA Express that she should have done, but she's been rewarded despite bringing SA to its knees, she's been rewarded with a huge promotion to Transnet as CEO of Transnet. So I, I'm just wondering how it's possible that just one of all the SA Express employees have been given a very, very, very nice new job um, at a state and entity, and the others have been dumped. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Chairperson, Honorable Matafa, thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. Oh, uh, can I proceed, Chair, with Honorable Matafa? Honorable Matafa, please proceed. Uh, after you is Honorable Sheikh, and then last will be uh, Honorable Nkwankwa. Thank you very thank much, you. Chair.
Um, let me also thank the presentations. Um, I think they will also assist us in terms of uh, performing our oversight over these particular entities, particularly on the appropriations that we make. Chair, maybe let me start with uh, SAA, where Mr. Lees uh, ended. He states that um, there is a prospect of rescuing the airline. Now, with that being said, there is also a notation that a rescue plan was not submitted. And in the presentation, we are informed that the available funds might be exhausted after June 2020. If that is the case, the funds are exhausted and there's a prospect of rescuing the airline. What happens post-June where the funds are exhausted? The second question, Chair, on SAA is on the 5.5 billion rents in post-commencement finance uh, that has been allocated for the business rescue practitioner. How much of this has been uh, drawn down? And out of the amount drawn down, can we maybe at least have an account in terms of the types of uh, expenses that the funds have been incurred on? Still on SAA Chair, I'm interested to know um, the sense uh, from the department in terms of the enormous contracts that are likely to be terminated as part of the cost-saving measures. Would there be costs associated with uh, such termination? And then also on the SAA chair, has there been a skill audit of uh, SAA top and executive management in an attempt to assess their capability to turn around the airline. And on SAA Express, also in terms of the allocated 1.2 billion in 2018 and 19, has there been a report submitted to the Minister of Finance in terms of how it will be utilized? If not, why not? And when is it likely to be submitted? What are the timelines, uh, timelines involved? Chair, the last one is on the municipal debt with ESCOM. Uh, in terms of the MFMA, national treasury is required to monitor payments by municipalities to bulk sub, uh, service providers. So I'm just interested to find out, has national treasury made any means to assist ESCOM or municipalities rather in ensuring that they meet their obligations uh, towards ESCOM. Because where I'm sitting, I think that uh, ESCOM qualifies to be classified as a bulk service uh, provider. For now, Chair, I will, I will pause there. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much, Chair, and thank you very much. Uh, just to let you know that I came in late because of Parliament session. Uh, let me just start off with the issue, particularly of the ESCOM. Now, there's 28 billion rand in debt. I would like them to tell us what has thus far been the intervention of COCTA, who gave us the assurance that they were going to intervene in this. The other issue is this, that during the lockdown, the demand for electricity has been low. Many, many industries and businesses have been closed, and now they are back into operation, most of them from Monday. What is the impact and whether they 
did as con deal with its maintenance challenges and things during this time. And the last one on ESCOM is the impact on ESCOM now that perhaps municipalities are going to be able to procure their own energy. By their own electricity, in terms of the independent power producers, you need to tell us that. Now, I'm concerned about this business rescue, particularly where we note that the, 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 there's no plan in place. Could you tell us how much of the money that was given to them has already been spent and yet we still don't have a rescue plan. Uh, now, my question is, do you believe that equity partners will solve the problem with SAA? Because in my understanding, the problem is inside interference, interference with politicians, there's a high levels of corruption and everything. So does it matter, you know, uh, who the partners are? Uh, 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 or does it really matter if we had to deal with the crux of the problem, identify the roots and the causes, and, and deal with that? that? That's my next one there. Now, can you tell me what it costs us annually to lease the aircraft, which incidentally we owned previously, which we sold to some Tony Coleman Andrews, who bought the, flyer, the aircraft himself, who leases the aircraft back to us. I'd like you to tell us the cost of that. But more importantly, I want to know, what are we doing about an investigation into the sale of aircraft? Who sold it? Why did they sell it? Who bought it? How much they bought it for? What happened to that money? We'd like to know that. The other thing is, is we are told that employees in SAA, at any given time, one third of staff are sick on sick leave, if you call them at any time of the day or night. Could you please comment on that? And also we've been told that if SAA reduces 50% of the staff load, it will still operate normally. What measures are you putting in place, particularly with procurement with the evergreen contracts where there's been serious challenges of people overpricing? And then I want to know what the aviation policies we have in the country and uh, the routes that are being given to international airlines and other domestic airlines what impact that has on our own airlines in the country, because clearly it must have. And then lastly, I'll, start, I'll go there because I've got many more. SAA, I'm told, is going to go back into operation shortly. As far, as far as what I've heard, it's only going to be for business travel. I can't see how the aircraft is going to run three-quarter empty or 80% empty with only business. Can you tell us what is the plan in terms of the month? They're going to go back into operation in about two weeks' time. For now, I'll stop there, sir. Thank you, Honorable Sheikh. Honorable Kwankwa? <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. My apology is the same as uh, Honorable Sheikh Imams. I was in the sitting today. That's why I'm late. So I could not hear the presentations. But anyway, I did go through the documents. Chair, the, the questions I want to ask, the first one has to go to, goes to SAA. SAA, not rather ESCOM, not SAA. If I remember correctly, in the number of meetings we had in the past, there was a discussion around, I think, an interministerial task team of some kind led by COCTA, uh, preeminently uh, led by COCTA to try and help ESCOM to recover monies from municipalities, from especially from municipalities that are defaulting on payments. 
it's important that we get a, a, a feedback on that to understand what is the status of that, but also uh, how does ESCOM intend to actually restructure the debt that is being owed by ESCOM. But the other issue is, I remember when we went to ESCOM, we called it ESCOM Park, the head office is there in the Globex, <coughs> excuse me. We were told about four, I think there were supplies that were overpaid to the tune of four, four billion rands at some point. And we're told that steps were being undertaken to try and recover some of those money. Now, with the cash flow problems that ESCOM always faces, I think, frustrating such processes and being kept abreast of the developments as to whether or not progress has been achieved in so far as trying to recover such monies are concerned. And we need an update on that to understand the status quo and what is happening. But I think it's also important I, I would leave ESCOM now and go to SAA. Look, the issue with SAA, Chair, is, is very problematic because you remember that uh, in, in many of the meetings we had in the past is that the first deadline for the submission of the business selection plan was sometime in March. And that was supposed to be done in front of the portfolio committee. I do recall that when I could not be present, there was a briefing held by the minister with the committees around that issue. But I'm not aware of any uh, report breakdown of the amount of money that has been received by the business practitioner so far. Say, how has that money been spent so far? And how do we then determine if we don't have a report like that? Because you must bear in mind that at SAA, we don't have any financial information because it's been a while. I think the last time they submitted financials was in 2017. So it's difficult for, for the committee then to be able to make an informed decision at times and also to have a better understanding, a more insightful understanding of the financial challenges that face the entity. So it would be good if we can get a breakdown, a proper report, not just uh, an, a response to a question here, which will uh, center around a number of guesstimates, but a proper report, a breakdown of how that 5.5 billion which has been received, how, how that has been spent so far. I can understand if, for example, I'm failing to reconcile the argument that uh, there are prospects to save the business and yet the business rescue plan is not ready, or that the, the, there's also um, a concern that the business rescue plan itself is deficient. So how do you then get to the conclusion that it is possible to save SAA in that respect. I also don't understand at times when we talk about a strategic equity partner, from where I'm sitting, my understanding of SAA is that it's, it's just full of liabilities. It owes no assets, primarily because of the re- reason, for instance, that Honorable Sheikh Imam cited where he said uh, SAA does not even own the aircraft. When it comes to SAA, one of the issues that we asked, uh, asked several, I think a couple of years ago, when even the CEO of Yari Jahan was there, was to say, when is it not time for SAA as an entity perhaps to then uh, present to the portfolio committee a model that would work? Which business model makes financial sense? Uh, once you've taken care of other variable factors once you've taken tried to drive down your costs and dealt with your cost factors is it to lease or is it to buy your own aircraft right and then be able to explain that to the committee as to what which which business model would make better sense because it might very well be that even leasing aircraft at this point in time if you're trying to sell the airline is not as bad as we make it out to be but it's it's other cost drivers that are contributing 
uh, to the state of state of affairs in which we find ourselves. So these are issues that we, we need proper and full explanation on. But I think it's difficult for the committee to have an informed discussion around how to save SAA and even to be able to engage on issues where there's a possibility that SAA might run out of money by June when we have no proper documentation, a business rescue plan to give us a full scale of the challenges facing the entity. I'll stop there for now, Chairperson. Thank you. What, what happened? Thank you. Oh, um, <clears throat> yeah. thank, thank you, honorable members. Uh, let, me, let me join you in welcoming the, 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 presenta the presentation. Uh, can I ask honorable members to, to mute? Please, please mute. Please mute. Just make sure that you are muted. Thank you. Mm -mm. Or members, let's let's mute. Okay, thank thank you. <clears throat> Perhaps let me start at uh, <clears throat> um, at the end. <clears throat> um, I'll, I'll request the secretariat to to commit to paper uh, the issues that one comprehensive response is on. And we are going to be writing to the departments. Uh, <clears throat> uh, perhaps with the time that we are having, we can't do justice to these issues that have been raised by the honourable members. So um, I think we are, um, um, uh, DMs are going to be writing uh, 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 to you and uh, asking comprehensive responses to those things so that you can have documentation that we can always refer to uh, to measure progress or lack thereof. <clears throat> Uh, again, uh, I just wanted to check with uh, Mr. Bongan Kasana. What, uh, you you are representing PRP, am I correct? Yes, yes, uh, yes, Chair. You are correct. Yeah, yes. So um, um, <clears throat> fully delegated to speak on their behalf. Eh? Bongani. I'll try to take the delegation. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> yeah, no, that's because uh, next time when I, when we come back, I'll, I'll I'll say PRP you said, and I don't I wouldn't like a situation where they said no, no, but uh, Mr. Kasana was not uh, fully delegated, but that would be uh, the assumption. Uh, <clears throat> having said that, I I think when we we have these meetings, uh, it's because we want to make a progress. We, we don't want to mark time and talk about the things that we spoke about the last time we interacted. And there are a lot of them which have just come up uh, from the honorable members. And uh, I, I, I don't think that uh, it's, it's a good indication of the organizations responding to what the honorable members are, are raising on behalf of parliament. So I would like to make that, uh, um, uh, uh, that bold statement upfront to say it's very important then when there are undertakings, it's not just because we want to come and tick boxes here, and say that we have met and considered reports. No, uh, it's because as uh, representatives of the people of South Africa, on their behalf, we want to make sure that there's progress, which can be measured at the end of the day about the impact that we make uh, to their lives. So I think we, we need to underline that one. We're coming to my questions. Uh, <clears throat> uh, that's this for ESCOM. Uh, can ESCOM please identify their five top uh, cost drivers, and perhaps even as a percentage of the total co uh, cost to the company. 
but one that has uh, 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 <clears throat> shared with us before and even today is the question of, of coal contracts. What we're told, and uh, uh, um, would like just to, <clears throat> to hear whether there's still the situation, is that there are coal contracts where we ESCOM is paying about two times the market price. Now, if that's the case, um, can we get those? Can we get those contracts, and we be, and share with this uh, with this committee as to what is the market price, and how much is ESCOM paying for those uh, uh, coal contracts, so that we can we, we can uh, be able to see what the variance between what is going the going market rate and what and what the people of South Africa through ESCOM are paying uh, for the for the for the coal contracts. <clears throat> We were told, uh, uh, and I don't know, uh, it's definitely more than six months now, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, definitely more than six months, when we were told about that these contracts uh, are being renegotiated. But it looks like we are not coming to an end of renegotiation. By the way, uh, you should also realize that there is no incentive for the coal contractors to come to the finalization of this thing because they continue getting what they get. But we, as people of South Africa, we are we, we are paying. Can we have some deadlines as to exactly when, when are these contracts? Because you can't have an open-ended type of a, of, of a, a negotiation when when we've been told that we 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 are overpaying. And also, let's also get to know how did we get to this situation? And these are the type of questions that we are going to be writing uh, uh, to you. How is it that we ended up with these type of contracts? And who exactly are benefiting from these contracts? Uh, so that we can try and see uh, whether we'll ever come to any determination or any conclusion uh, with, with these contracts. <clears throat> Otherwise, we'll, we'll, we'll keep on coming here and, and talk about these uh, uh, contracts, uh, and there is no end in sight. Uh, and as I was saying, that there's no incentive for a person who's overcharging ESCOM to come to any, any conclusion of this thing. When is, when is ESCOM going to say no? It's here, and then we are closing it here. We are not uh, discussing this matter anymore. So, can we have some, 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 some time frames as it comes to that? Another very worrying factor: it's uh, uh, about ESCOM. Uh, um, is the question of of the the elephant in the house, in the room, Midup and Kusile. We have been told many times that uh, we are overpaying. Uh, in fact, uh, the the cost overruns, uh, and again, time overruns are there. We all we, we, we all know. But what is even more worrying is that we have started. We 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 are, we are paying for the defects of uh, of of these power uh, power stations, which we have we have overpaid for. Uh, can we exactly get to know what is happening around and what is ESCOM doing about it? Um, uh, and why must we pay for for the defects of the companies that was 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 still paying? What has happened to those OEMs who are responsible for that? It can't just be normal that you no know, they uh, overpaid their defects and then we are paying other monies to to deal with the defects. Can we be taken on on, on on into confidence as to exactly what is happening around that? Uh, I think Onanga spoke about um, <clears throat> when we at ESCOM. We're told about one contractor who was overpaid to the tune of five billion rand. 
5 billion rand, not 5 million, 5 billion rand overpaid. And they said they're in the process, they've, they'd agreed to that um, uh, service provider that it was erroneously uh, uh, paid. I, I don't take that argument for a minute. You can't overpay somebody 5 billion rand. Um, uh, uh, Prof, can the board come back to us with, with, with that thing, what has happened? And we're arguing at the time that it can't be the only one. Who else has, 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 been, has been overpaid? But we also wanted to know exactly the circumstances around the overpaying of some board about, uh, for about 5 billion rand. What other overpayments were made? And who's this contract who was so lucky to be overpaid by 5 billion rand? And the only thing that we're hearing from ESCOM is that, no, no, we've agreed that uh, he or she's going to pay, to pay back the money. It seems to be the practice, by the way, at ESCOM that certain companies, all what they need to do is to say, no, 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 we're going to pay the money back and that's it. But with small companies, that's not what happens. There are other consequences. Why is it so easy for ESCOM, for, other, for some big companies, that all what they need to do is to come back to, there's a number of them who have been reported in the administration, no, 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 we've, we've agreed they're going to pay back the money. So other people are paying, can pay back their way out. What had happened? What were the circumstances of, of the payment of that money? I think the ESCOM board should be dealing with those things and come and report to this committee. It can't just be enough that, no, no, the, the company has, has paid back the money. Uh, and ESCOM, uh, can you have the, the end state of some sort documented that where is ESCOM where is going and the, and the steps that you are going to take to get to that end, end, end state and the financial implications that if we do this restructuring, these are the financial um, benefits that we are going to, to see because we don't want to, at the end of, of this process, to be surprised by, no, 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 we got into this process, now there are these um, uh, monies that should be paid and then we see ESCOM coming back to parliament to ask for money. So I'm saying, can you have that plan so that you can also uh, engage with, uh, with, with, with the plan? <clears throat> I think that's, that's uh, how far I'll go with, uh, with ESCOM. <clears throat> with SAA, um, all members have, have spoken about a number of uh, things which have uh, happened at, 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 at SAA, amongst others is the selling of, 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 of the fleet. Sometimes I argue that uh, 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 to call SAA an, an airline, it's a misnomer. Uh, it may be a management company of some sort because they don't have assets. Assets, SAA's assets were sold, and all what is being done is, is, is managing and manage leases and so on and so forth. Uh, um, <clears throat> so, having said that, uh, <clears throat> I have never found out exactly where we, we came, where we are. A very comprehensive report coming to the contest to how we found ourselves at the position where we are. <clears throat> uh, Honorable uh, Liz uh, has just referred to, to the former to the former chairperson and the finding of, 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 the, of the court. But what I found I, I find uh, wanting is that there have been about three reports at least uh, done by reputable companies about the wrongs at SAA. And I've, I don't know what's happening with those reports. Honorable Liz, you know that uh, when me and you were, were, were still in the finance committee and there were those reports, but parliament seems not to be doing anything about it, those, about, those, about those reports. And secondly, the departments are very uh, mute when it comes to those reports. 
what did exactly those reports say? Uh, for instance, I know at some stage we were told that um, uh, we were paying some companies uh, in destinations where SAA was not was not flying to. Um, <clears throat> so let's let's try and find out exactly what happens. There were some issues around the contracts. Uh, I I bet my last time that the people of South Africa don't know what the, which those contracts are. Why are they, were they uh, ever green, ever green contracts? Who, who, who got into those contracts? And what were the reasons to get into those type of contracts? And who did those contracts benefit? So I think we, we need to deal with those things because we are running the risk of, even if we are going to the new airline, that will still go with the same problems, uh, carry forward those problems. So it's very important that we, we, we get to know exactly what, what, what is happening around those things. So uh, what I'm saying is that those those reports and so on they must be followed up and they must be shared with uh, uh, with the people of South Africa through their representative in Parliament. What is worrying honourable members is that all these things you know when we talk about what is happening at uh, at, at, at at SAA what's happening at SA Express it's about people's lives. Um, the biggest losers on this thing are the are the are the workers who have not been paid for instance at SA Express. But the reports uh, uh, from the departments were so thin. You see, they just they were just gliding over this thing. Whereas this is a very important thing. This is about people's lives. No, no, they have not been paid. Can you imagine that if any one of us is not being paid, it's this month, it's the next month, and so on? I thought we, were going, we needed to spend more time on this one. And I think uh, in the report, let's deal more about this thing. What are the implications to the people, to the to the workers? What are the plans about the workers going forward uh, uh, in in this in the, in these organisations? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll still come to this one, that we have got a, a PRP, and um, if my memory serves me well from what I've read, have been paid about 30 million rand, and I know the Minister of uh, Public Enterprise raised an issue about this, uh, but there's no plan. Why, why are we paying PRP to come and tell us that they are going to wind up the, 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 the company? Uh, I would like to know what value have we derived as the people of South Africa from this 30 million rand? And let alone that uh, we've spent about 5.5 billion, 5 .5 billion rand and there's no report uh, or, or, or a plan. Um, PRP, I would like to know, when are we getting the plan? When are we getting the plan? Uh, those who are older like my, myself will remember that in one discussion between uh, uh, the former presidents, Tad uh, 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 Mandela and uh, FW declared as we are going to the 1994 elections. All what Mandela was asking from, from uh, President declared was, where is your plan? And I must say that I'm asking the same uh, 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 question here. Where is the plan? Where, what are we paying for? Are we paying just to be told that the, the, the airline is being wound up, so many people are going to lose their jobs, and then we must fold our hands and behave about that. So I, I think we need to get that, uh, uh, that plan. As I said, uh, <clears throat> At the beginning, uh, as this committee, we are responsible for appropriations uh, uh, on behalf of Parliament. We, we, we look at that, and we must report it to Parliament about all those all those things. So please empower us so that we, we, we give an informative uh, a report to Parliament about all, all 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 these things. And we are going to be writing to you, as I said at at at, at the beginning. Can allow uh, uh, the teams to 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 respond to the questions which have been raised and the issues. Thank you. Not as well. Thank you.
Well, th th thank you, Chair. Hello, Chair. Please, 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 please come in, uh, DM. Yes, Chair. I, I am, I'm suggesting an approach, Chair, to take account of the comments that you have made in the beginning of your input. That certainly, in order to be as best uh, complete in responding to the questions uh, that have been raised, that the suggestion you were making that uh, we have in a written form, the Secretariat helps to compile that so that these questions can be thoroughly threshed because I agree with you that it may not be in the time available now that all of them can be comprehensively dealt with. So, so, so that suggestion is welcome. I was then going to suggest that we afford, uh, firstly, ESCOM, just to take on the high-level issues that have been raised. I know even if we just dealt with ESCOM only in the time available, we will not exhaust the questions that have been directed towards ESCOM. So I was going to request that we afford them perhaps maybe five, ten minutes, and after which we do the same to SAA, mm -hmm. and then uh, SAX in that, in that scheme, uh, just the, the, the high-level questions that are there. Where after, Chair, then uh, we, we may, the Department Treasury, comment on the other things, but still be at your, uh, uh, really, we would really be at your mercy insofar as the time we could have to come and deal with responses to those questions that would have been written so that we try to be a bit more comprehensive in responding to them, if, if, if uh, that's agreeable, Chair. As, as you please, uh, at, at DM, we're in your hands. Okay, can I ask a, a prof uh, uh, to, to just, uh, together with uh, Andre, to, to take on the issues to do with ESCOM initially? Thank, thank you, D, thank you, DM. Uh, first of all, let me thank you and the Department of National Treasury for putting these presentations together because I think they have highlighted some of the issues that we need to hear. I think Prof, as uh, as Prof, the, yes, Prof, we, yes, we don't see you can you either try to lift yourself up. They, they, we, we can okay, hear the voice. I'm just. Uh, I'm sit can you see me now? Yeah, we can see you. Can see you now. Thank you. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that uh, I want to thank I think the the departments that have prepared these presentations because they have summarized I think some of the issues that we are grappling with. But let me also thank I think the chair I think for bringing up I think the the important issues that we need to grapple with and I will just uh, speak in generalities and allow I think Andre to speak. The issue of uh, of uh, the 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 contract. Prof, yeah, Prof, Prof. I, I want to yeah, I want to do justice to you. You, yeah. you you just went two up now. Can you please come down, please, or or you pick, you pick <laughs> up, please. There there you are. That's why we want you. Okay, South Africa, okay. You, Prof. Uh, academics never come down. They are always <laughs> up in the sky. But that's okay. <laughs> Let's let's leave it at that. Come to uh, come to our level, Prof. 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and parachute into your level, but but be that this may, I'm very grateful for for this uh, interaction, and I want to say this: uh, th there are two issues that I wanted to to catch up with. The first one was, I think people talk about you know the the lack of load shading at ESCOM and ascribe that to the fact that you know uh, there is a COVID one nine and people are using electricity less. I think what we need to actually acknowledge is that people at ESCOM have changed their attitude in the manner in which they work. So there has been a lot of hard work and there has been a lot of uh, uh, this uh, repair, maintenance repair that I think we've taken advantage of over the last two months or so of COVID. But more importantly, you remember that there is a presidential task team, there's a ministerial task team, and that works with the department and the EXCO and the board of ESCOM. That relationship has actually improved and created a different culture at ESCOM. So I think it's important when you think about the lack of load shading, remember that, remember the staff of ESCOM and the relationships that have changed. I think that's the first one. The second one that I wanted to tackle is the issue of um, of the end stage, as the chairperson has put it, but also of the unbundling of ESCOM, which is the restructuring. That there is a plan, and that plan would be made available to all of you, and maybe Andre can talk about that in greater detail than I can do, but we are following that between ourselves and the executive and the department as to how to articulate the unbundling plan to reach an end state. The third point I want to take is the issue of the contracts that have been paid that you were told when you visited ESCOM that some people have, uh, have had a, a Christmas present or something like that, and uh, they haven't paid us back. I think uh, we will get a list of that and present it formally, I think, to this committee and... Uh, and uh, uh, so that I think we can be further advised. And finally, I would really urge members of parliament whenever they get time to visit ESCOM because sometimes when we were presenting, mm -hmm. I couldn't recognize the ESCOM that you're talking about mm -hmm. because things are changing all the time at ESCOM and they are changing positively, although I think we still have a long way to go. I will hand over to, to Andre, I think, to articulate some of the issues, and then, then I can go underground instead of being high up. Andre? Thank you, uh, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chair, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members, Guests, uh, Officials from the various departments for the opportunity to present let me see if I can get into the picture. Um, here we go. Um, uh, I will try and be as brief as possible. Uh, we have extensive information covering all of the topics raised, and I concur with the Honorable Chair that the best way forward is to allocate uh, dedicated time for us as ESCOM to come and present to the portfolio committee uh, so that we can adequately ventilate all of these issues and make sure that um, there is full transparency from our side in how we communicate. But let me try and touch on some of the highlights of the questions raised. 
by honourable members. Uh, first of all, um, honourable Peters raised the matter of coal contracts. Um, we have identified seven coal suppliers who, in our opinion, are um, charging Eskom too much for the coal that they supply us. We have commenced negotiations with these uh, seven coal suppliers, and we are making good progress um, in uh, their responses, and in, in due course we will be able to uh, update the um, committee on honorable honorable members please mute again mute your mics they are interfering they are interfering with the response from the ceo please mute your just check just double check thank you all of us will be listening and allow the ceo please I'm still getting a feedback. Honourable members, please check. Okay, uh, 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 CEO, please continue. Thank you, Honourable Chair. Um, so we, we are involved in negotiations. Uh, we will, when we present our comprehensive um, uh, feedback, come back with a timeline for when we anticipate those negotiations to be concluded as per your request, Chair. Um, as you are aware, we are owed um, some 28 billion rand in municipal debt. Uh, this is a key element that is of concern to us. The um, top 20 uh, municipalities uh, constitute about 81.25% of the total invoiced municipal arrear debt. Um, we have in place a total of 48 active payment agreements with defaulting municipalities, and 19 of those agreements are being fully honoured. Regrettably, however, only one municipality in the top 20 is honouring uh, the payment agreement concluded with that municipality. Uh, the remainder of course, um, are, are still defaulting. Uh, we don't have the same levers at our disposal to collect um, debt owed to us by municipalities that we have with private customers. With private customers, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of the fence you are sitting on, um, we are able to um, cut off electricity supply to them, and that normally acts as a very good incentive for them to pay up and pay up um, rather quickly. Um, with municipalities, we have been interdicted uh, from cutting off uh, electricity supply to those municipalities uh, in the case of 16 out of the top 20 defaulting municipalities. So that is an important constraint on us as we seek to recover the outstanding debt. Uh, with regard to um, the Honourable Peters's question about what we're doing in terms of improving the electricity supply, in particular to um, lower income households, uh, during the FY20 financial year, we had a target of electrifying 157,900 households. We exceeded that target and we electrified 163,073 households, so we performed better 
than anticipated, and that is part of our continuing drive to provide electricity as a basic necessity to, to the citizens of our country. Um, in terms of the impact of uh, COVID lockdown, we have taken very good advantage of the unfortunate pandemic that has afflicted not only our country, but also the globe. Uh, due to the lower demand, we were able to perform corrective maintenance. Now, this is not the longer term maintenance that is required in order for us to restore our generation system to full reliability. We therefore uh, have been doing short-term opportunistic maintenance. As a consequence of that, we have added some 2,000 megawatts to reliable available capacity. That's about two-thirds of an average power station. And consequently, our current guidance with an 80% uh, level of confidence for the three months ahead is that we anticipate uh, three days of stage one load shedding only during the winter period, which is a significant improvement from our previous forecasts. I also may just um, inform uh, honorable members that during tonight's peak, we had a significant uh, demand for electricity uh, owing to the cold weather. Demand exceeded 31,000 megawatts, megawatts, which is significantly higher than normal. And Eskom had available some 34,000 megawatts that it could use to serve demand. So we, we, we have been very, very able to navigate the challenge of the first cold snap of the winter. Um, if I can um, move to the Honorable uh, Kwaiso's question about our business model, and again, echoing what uh, the ESCOM chairperson has said, we are in the process of changing our business model. The emphasis is on building a business that is low cost, that has a small, lean and efficient head office, and that is geared to delivery of electricity through its three major divisions being generation, transmission and distribution. The divisionalization process is progressing very well. We have set up divisional boards. All three of these boards have had two meetings each. They are chaired by myself and they play an important role in driving the culture change in the organization to be far more focused on cost, on profit, and on operating discipline as we move forward in order to become a more self-sustaining business. Um, as far as tariff increases are concerned, we have a number of areas where we are in disagreement with the energy regulator. We have engaged with the newly appointed energy regulator at NERSA, Mr. Ntlantla Gumede, and we are endeavoring to reset the relationship between ESCOM and NERSA in order to conduct uh, our mutual affairs in a more constructive and positive way than through court challenges, which unfortunately at, the only, at, at this point in time is the only way of resolving challenges uh, is to go to court. Um, we, I think, need to be careful when using the phrase restructuring debt Bankers uh, get very nervous when you use uh, the phrase restructuring. Uh, we prefer to uh, look at our debt maturity profile, which is approaching over the uh, next number of years, 
And as the debt matures, we will use that debt maturity to uh, renegotiate and potentially lower the cost of some of the debt that we have outstanding. And we are engaging with our lenders in that regard, also with the assistance of National Treasury. Um, as far as the Kasatu proposal is concerned, we, we welcome any and all proposals that are constructive. And certainly, we uh, while we don't necessarily have a position on the substance of the Kasatu proposal, we certainly welcome what Kasatu has done in terms of proactively coming forward with a solution that seeks to address a very intractable problem, namely the 450 billion rand that Eskom uh, owes. Um, I hope I've dealt with the Honorable Dekale's question about the increasing debt from municipalities. We are strictly administering um, the nominated maximum demand profiles of those municipalities to ensure that they don't take more than they are entitled to. But as I've said, we are interdicted from cutting off supply to those um, municipalities. We have taken note of the impact of the COVID pandemic. Uh, we anticipate that sales for the full financial year will be down some 6.6%. If we translate that into the cash impact uh, in terms of uh, a net impact, i.e. after a, a loss of revenue, but also taking into account that we've obviously burnt less coal and diesel, the net cash negative impact on Eskom of COVID is between 2 and 2.5 billion rand per month uh, as the COVID lockdown continues. Um, we are uh, keenly aware that we need to uh, be ready and prepared for when uh, industry and the rest of South Africa returns to work after the end of lockdown. And as we see increasing economic activity return, and we are making plans for us to be able to meet that demand and taking into account that projection of increased demand, we are still comfortable with our P80 forecast of three days of stage one load shedding for the coming year. I must, however, stress at this point in time that our generation system is, however, still unreliable. It is unpredictable and is susceptible to interruptions. Uh, and this is an unfortunate consequence of a lack of maintenance. And I'll address the, the maintenance issue a little later. Um, in response to uh, questions raised by um, the Honorable Lees, uh, again, I would refer the restructuring of Eskom debt uh, to comments that I've made earlier. And um, I would request that National Treasury or the Department of Public Enterprises respond to questions on the status of the CRO appointment. Uh, they are more familiar with the status of what the chief restructuring officer uh, has done in terms of delivering uh, a report there. Um, the same, I think, applies to the uh, question posed by the Honorable Matava uh, related to the assistance from National Treasury to Eskom as a bulk service provider that, that falls within the domain of National Treasury. Um, there are challenges with the um, resolution of the municipal debt um, in, the, in, in response to the question raised by the Honourable Imam. 
Um, the intervention of COCTA, I think, has, has not yielded the results that uh, everybody had anticipated. And this is, I think, a consequence of the structure of our constitutional democracy in that we don't deal with a hierarchy of government, but we deal with spheres of different uh, levels of government. And the influence, as I am advised, of our central government to give instruction to local government is limited in this regard. And therefore, the intervention also of the interministerial task team um, has, has not been as effective as uh, one perhaps would have wished for. Um, we have dealt with some of the maintenance backlog, but we still need to conduct the longer-term reliability maintenance. Now, this is a very uh, deep-level maintenance where we will take units off sequentially. Uh, these units will then be repaired uh, over a period varying from uh, 60 to 140 days. So this is very thorough maintenance. And we will do that after the end of lockdown. We were unable to carry out these activities during lockdown because of the medical inadvisability of concentrating large numbers of contractors and ESCOM employees at our sites. Uh, we have made good use of the time, however. We have ensured that our teams uh, have been mobilized. We have properly resourced them. We've entered into agreements with contractors to assist us in this maintenance program. And as of the 1st of July, we will kick off uh, the reliability maintenance program. And that should be complete by August of next year. And uh, that will have contributed greatly if we are successful and we're working hard to be successful to a reliable and sustainable generation system going forward. Uh, in terms of the own procurement of uh, electricity by municipalities, uh, that is something that I think is uh, best responded to by the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy uh, based on uh, policy announcements made recently in that regard. Um, in terms of financial recoveries, again, to, to echo what um, the ESCOM chairperson has, has indicated, we are very aware that we have an obligation to recover um, monies that were paid incorrectly and unlawfully to uh, various organizations. And we are working closely with the South African Revenue Services, the Special Investigation Unit, the Directory for Priority Crimes, also known as the Hawks, the Johannesburg Stock Exchange for those companies that are listed on the Stock Exchange, and the Head of Investigations at the Office of the National Director of Public Prosecutions. Uh, we are seeking to recover uh, some 600 million rand that was unlawfully paid to a company called Trillion, which was in partnership with McKinsey and Company. You may be aware that uh, Eskom recovered some 1.1 billion rand from McKinsey and Company itself. Uh, we are participating in the business rescue process of Tegeta Exploration and Resources, PTY Limited, and uh, where we had a claim of 5 billion rand against the business rescue practitioners, uh, we think that based on the uh, available money, um, it will unlikely uh, be that we will realize the full 5 billion and we will probably receive 
a significantly smaller amount of that. We've also engaged in proceedings um, against Deloitte Consulting, uh, and in an out-of-court settlement, we received payment in the amount of 171 million from Deloitte. We have also recently uh, launched a letter of demand against another consulting company. Uh, this has not yet been made public, uh, so in the interest of confidentiality, I would prefer not to disclose uh, who that is. And then there are various um, special investigating unit um, investigations going on uh, with regard to contracts awarded at Madubi and, and Kusile. Uh, so it is a long haul. It is a, a challenging process to recover these funds, particularly where uh, the companies have uh, since either uh, become insolvent or have uh, fallen into business rescue, but we are pursuing those. Um, if I can... Um, address the Honorable Butelezi's uh, comments on the top cost drivers. Um, our cost breakdown is as follows. Uh, for generation, I might add, for coal uh, is responsible for 54% of our costs. Materials, about 4%. Labor, 10%. Uh, there are various environmental levies and taxes that we are required to pay. That amounts to 10%. And then there's a variety of contracts for the operation and maintenance of our generation system, and that comprises some 20% of the overall cost base. Um, lastly, if I may deal with the um, issue of the progress on addressing design defects at Madupi and Kusile, uh, we were very pleased that after a 75-day outage of Madupi Unit 3, we uh, were able to uh, ramp up production at that unit to reach for the first time its full design capacity. We made various modifications. Hello, Chair. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you, Chair. Okay, um, DM. Um, yeah, it looks like uh, Andre is uh, is lost. Is lost somewhat. Yeah. But, but yeah, Chair, I was I was I was uh, yeah. also at the point of trying to see if we shouldn't say the more detailed information could help if it was provided in writing. And in that way, if we're bringing these two suggestions together, I'm just looking at your time, and we still have to do SAA and SA Express. And I think there are questions that also the department would like to take, including, I'm sure, comments from Treasury. I'm just uh, not sure whether we shouldn't really ask of them to take yeah. those most critical of questions and anticipate the rest to be dealt with in detail when we receive the write-up of questions. Yeah, at DM, you, you remember we, we, we agreed on that. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, Mr. Reiter was saying that he's dealing with his last question. So I think let's 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 jump to the next uh, uh, to the next uh, um, 
response, yeah. No, thank and, you. And can I ask Mrs. Mkotu so as well as Mongani to come on the SAA uh, cluster of the Again, just the, the, the high level is the most significant. The rest we can deal with in the writer. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, DM. Thank you, uh, DG, and uh, uh, the honorable members in the meeting. My comments will be few because, as we all know, SAA has been in business rescue since the 5th of uh, December when the board appointed the business rescue practitioners. The board therefore had to stand back and has not been involved. Um, Bongani can account for the six months since the onset, onset of the business rescue process. That said, uh, as a board, because we still retain our fiduciary responsibility, we also have been waiting for the business rescue plan. It does, however, seem that with the various streams and processes that were initiated um, in a number of other places, these are assisting the BRPs to deliver the plan. As these processes converge and get aligned, we are simultaneously looking forward to participating meaningfully in the aviation sector uh, when, uh, the, when the regulations come and stipulate when what is going to happen. We do have capabilities at Mango as well. So if there are hurdles with SAA, which we hope there shall not be, uh, we've got the capabilities at Mango. And we do intend taking full advantage of the crisis that's been created by the COVID because within the crisis are many, many possibilities and uh, we have been looking at those possibilities. And um, so once we know what is what and when, then we are getting ready for those processes. The members have asked a number of questions and indeed once the detailed questions are sent through, uh, those that belong to us will be dealt with fully and those that belong to the BRPs will be addressed by the BRPs. But at this point, I would like to hand, to, hand over to Bongani to then uh, respond to, to the extent that um, he is able to. Thank you. Bongani. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Chair. Uh, I'm, I'm also not going to be long as we are all conscious of the time. I'm going to cover quite a, a, a few items uh, on the on the questions because some of them were were being repeated. So let me start with the judgment. I think it was honourable Liz that asked about the Dudumiene judgment in terms of do the business rescue practitioners intend um, to do anything regarding this judgment. I just want to explain that there is. SIU currently in the premises at SAA as we speak that are busy conducting a number of investigations that are related to a number of offenses and contracts which happened in the past. We have had an engagement as the business rescue practitioners with the SIU and we have compared the notes in terms of the scope that the SIU has from the proclamation that they have and the scope that the business rescue practitioners have. 
So in any instances where in performing our duties as business rescue practitioners, we pick up any suspicious activities or any suspicious contracts or any contracts that are out of kilter with the market, we bring those to the attention of the special investigative unit and we work together in making sure that they get all of the information that they need. So this would be one of the items that would have already been on their radar. And I am sure that they will just connect this to the current ongoing investigation. Uh, the second matter I want to deal with is the skills audit. It was mentioned um, by two members uh, the question of whether a skills audit was performed by the business rescue practitioners at SAA. The simple answer to that is no. And the reason why the skills audit was not performed is because the business rescue practitioners since the 9th of March have been engaging with staff on a section 189 process. Now this section 189 process was looking at achieving two outcomes. Number one, it is the head counter reduction, as I'm sure the committee here is very much aware of the fact that the, in all the matrices, SAA is overstaffed. And the second part of the Section 189 process, which was very important, is the negotiation, is, is the negotiation of new terms of employment of the staff. So the way that this was meant to happen is that all of the employees would be retrenched and then they would have to reapply for their positions. So there is a number of employees that the restructured airline needs, uh, but all employees would be retrenched and then they would have to reapply for the positions. In the application for the positions, the terms and conditions of employment would be different. And as part of those terms and conditions of employment would be the requisite skills for the different positions which have been meshed into the market. So instead of doing a skills audit and identifying the people without the skills in the organization, the people would be retrenched and then they would apply based on the skills required for the certain position. So that was the approach of the business practitioners with regards to skills. Um, the other question that was asked is, there is 5.5 billion that has been uh, expanded to the, to the business practitioners as post-commencement funding. Um, how much of that is still remaining and what has the money been used for? So before I answer the, that question, I think I, it, it's only fair to just give everyone a context of the magnitude of SAA. If you go through the financial statements of SAA um, for the past, call it three to five years, um, there are draft financial statements for, 20, for 2019 and 2018, which um, I, I, I'm picking up that this committee has got no access to that because one of the members mentioned the fact that the last time they saw financial statement was 2017. But about 12 days ago, the business rescue practitioners and SAA and the Department of Public Enterprise were in front of SCOPA 
and they presented the draft financial statements. If you look at those financial statements, the total costs at SAA in a year is at a minimum 30 billion. That's how much goes out of the bank at SAA every 12 months, 30 billion rands. So those accumulated losses of 34 billion that the acting DG was talking about over the time, in a year, it's 30 billion, which means that this organization spends about two and a half billion rands a month. In the two and a half billion rands a month, 500 million, which is half a billion of that, is paid to employees. 300 million, 300 million of it is salaries, and the 200 million is the allowances that get paid to, to the staff when they travel and the pilots and all of that. So the 5.5 billion rents that was provided to, to SAA at the time that the business rescue practitioners came in, the company only had 118 million rents in the bank account. And the 5.5 billion was intended to last up until the end of February. At which stage then um, the government would have made a decision in terms of which restructuring option they would come with and how it would be funded. So the 5.5 billion that was expanded. Um, currently, where we are, I'm going to answer in the end in terms of how much money do we have. In accounting for it, we can't go through the details now, but there is a, a uh, there is a detailed presentation that we can give that was provided also to Scopa that we have received 5.5 in terms of the bailout, but we've also been trade and we have received another 4 billion rands, uh, 5 billion rands, sorry, in terms of the receipts of the sales of the tickets in the airline. So currently the business rescue practitioners have had about 10 billion rands that they have had to deal with in the period of six months. If you look at the history, 2.5 billion rands times six months, it would normally be about 15 billion that would have been spent on average in the past. And currently the business rescue practitioners have spent about 10 billion and those details would be provided in the in the in the detailed schedule there is a question that is being asked about the leasing versus the the ownership of the aircraft i think that i will i will leave to the to the department of public enterprise to respond to because obviously the business rescue practitioners were were not part of of this decision uh in terms of how much are the leases in a month it's about it's, a, it's about 500 million rands. That's what we pay for the aircraft that we are leasing in a month. Um, what is the current cash position? Currently, the airline has got about 1.2 billion rands in cash. But out of that 1.2 billion rands in cash in the bank, um, 600 million of it is ring-fenced. Why is it ring fence? It's ring fence because it relates to the it 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 relates to the unflown ticket liability. So all the people that would have already booked flights via SAA 
and via Airlink and via SA Express, um, the monies get ring fenced before they are, they fly, so that if there are any refunds that have been requested, that the airline is able to pay back. So if you take out the ring fenced portion, then we are left with another six hundred million. Now that six hundred million. As much as it is the amount that is in the bank, it is already spoken for. Because if you look at the liabilities part of the airline, there is a 518 million that is owing for the leases of the planes for the month of April. And there is another 500 million that is owing to other creditors, the likes of the airports company, Swiss port, um, BCX, which provide all of the IT equipment. So currently, where the airline is sitting, it's got 600 million in the bank, but it's got about a billion rands sitting in liabilities. Hence, the business rescue practitioners mentioned at the end of April that the company is not able to pay salaries beyond the month of April. So that's where the, the current um, cash position is. And there was a question that was asked about the restart of the airline in, in two weeks time. Um, I think there was a statement that was put out yesterday by, by, by SAA talking about an intention to restart the, the, the domestic travel by mid-June. Mid the business rescue practitioners sent out a statement to clarify the fact that uh, the statement that was sent um, that was never the intention and it did not follow the right protocols and it was never approved by the business practitioners. Um, on the question about the plan, this is the burning question about when are we going to get the plan and why do we still not have the plan uh, all of this time? I think there's a communication that was sent out to all related uh, to all affected parties today. That dealt with a lot of items. And the issue of the plan is also part of that. That is talking about the rationale and some of the delays in the plan, but I am not going to speak on behalf of the business rescue practitioners on this one. I'd like them to respond formally, even if it's in writing, as to why it has taken so long to get the plan. But currently, the plan is set to be published on the 29th of May, which is this Friday. And that is why the business rescue practitioners are not on this call. They are busy with that plan. And I will stop here, Chair. Chair, with your, with your permission, can I... Yes, please. Uh, can I ask Mr. Patlane on SAX? Uh, again, just just be mindful of the time. The burning issues there were matters to do with employees, etc. Just a, a few remarks in, in that regard. Uh, just mindful of the time. Thank you. Do we have Mr. Patane? Khatazo. Uh, Chair, uh, he was supposed, or rather, DM, he was supposed to be uh, here with us. I'm surprised he's quiet. Um, 
I'm trying to check whether he is. He's there. Is he here? He, yeah, he needs to unmute. He needs to okay. unmute. Unmute. Mr. Hatato, I can see you are still muted. Please un unmute so that we can hear you. Yeah, there you go. No, no, this is, this is the Mr. Pashani that is needed, Mr. Hatato. Oh, okay, Mr. Pashani, okay. Please advise him to unmute and speak. <laughs> He's Mr. talking, Patane, but he is on mute. Mr. Patane, please unmute. Please unmute. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. Mr. Patane. Uh, DM, can somebody come in in the meantime while we're still trying to sort out uh, uh, Mr. Patane? DM. Thank you, thank, thank you, Chair. Uh, can can uh, Noni uh, then come uh, because they would have been both of them with Patane. Noni, are you can you speak to the issues uh, pertinent to SAX? Is it Noni or in the absence of Noni, can can the acting DG speak on these matters? All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, DM. Uh, thank you, Chair. Um, on, on the issue of, of salaries, um, that was raised by Honorable Peters. And the issue of um, salaries, obviously, it's, uh, it's, it's something that also um, does not sit well with us, we must say. There's an unfortunately a, a price of mismanagement of the business. Um, uh, what went on at SA Express was vended out at, um, at the Zondo Commission, um, the type of uh, arrangements that uh, were made that led to funds flowing out of the business, the number of dodgy leases that were undertaken there. So that's um, the price that has had to be paid, despite the government in the last two years putting 1.5 billion rands into the business, it could not uh, be saved. Um, and this is unfortunately where we have found ourselves. Um, uh, I personally have had a number of conversations, some of the employees there, um, S Express has uh, in the past uh, played a, a wonderful role in terms of giving young black pilots uh, an opportunity to accumulate hours so that they can progress to SAA. It's a kind of operation that um, uh, if resources were unlimited, uh, would be uh, were available rather, would be the first ones to come to the fore and say that the, the airline must be, must be helped to, to restructure itself. Um, yeah, the, the issue of um, uh, job losses, uh, unfortunately, it's, um, it, all these um, challenges, as I've spoken to, are happening during the time of uh, uh, coronavirus that has decimated the airline industry. And, um, and, and ourselves in government, in considering how to assist 
you also have to take into account um, the, the, the returns or the value that any capital that we put in will create uh, for the country, especially when we're dealing with so many competing uh, requirements or needs uh, across our, um, uh, our society or amongst our people. So that's, um, that, that's uh, in a nutshell, Chair, the questions with regard um, uh, to express, I think the, the others will, will um, uh, respond to them uh, in, in writing. Um, uh, if I may just stop uh, at the um, at DM. Uh, and maybe Mr. Patlani can speak now. I see he's, uh, he's very visible now. Well, uh, yeah, he remains uh, muted by the Yeah. So, yeah. So, dear, I think stop there. Mr. Chairman, uh, this is Daniel Zablaj. I'm one of the appointed practitioners. If, if I might behave, my opinion is this. Yes, Mr. Ted Branch, I think you can proceed. That's very kind. Thanks. Sorry to, to just intervene and interrupt the, the, the discussion. Um, I think uh, the, the reply that was given is, is accurate. Uh, from from a, from an ex-BRP perspective, uh, the the salaries could not be paid purely because of a lack of funds, as from the commencement date, uh, and and due to the lack of any post-commencement funding being generated throughout the process. Um, we've dealt with with that in our presentation that was submitted to the DPE last week, and also very thoroughly in our report to to the court, and also in, in, included in our affidavits for the liquidation application. Uh, to confirm the lack of funding that ultimately caused the, the non-payment of salaries. It was absolutely a, a travesty, but there weren't funds available to, to pay the, the salaries at all. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, then, uh, um, Mr. Uh, Chair, I think with the, with the effort so far, uh, it's my submission, Chair, that the rest we can deal with I'm in the form of... I'm managing to log in. Hello, Chair. Hello. Hello. Yes, Chair. Hello. Yes, yes. Please, uh, I don't know who I'm saying hello. Okay, DM. Can you, can you hear me now? Yes, I hear you, Chair. Yeah. Um, is, is that the end from your part, from your side? Well, in the instance where I'm unable to get Mr. Patane to come on board, but yeah. I think we can deal with the SAX-related matters, as uh, Khatazo was uh, uh, attempting to say in the further write-up, we could do that. If I could just make a, a summary, Chair, uh, in respect of uh, both SAA as well as SAX, I think there was a question that was asked. Uh, I think it was Honorable Joseph uh, where there was a slide that referred to a new airline. Uh, between uh, trying to rescue uh, SAA, uh, there is uh, within that a conversation we seeking to uh, see whether we couldn't achieve a consolidation of the 
aviation assets as we have into a new entity, which uh, hopefully could attract uh, strategic equity partners. But again, COVID-19 has created an environment of uncertainty, but definitely these are attempts that uh, are led to try and get out of this ailing situation and into a more sustainable situation going forward. And this is what uh, we're hoping the plan as would be uh, announced uh, or presented uh, this coming uh, Friday, perhaps will show the elements towards the new situation that could be retrieved uh, from the challenges that we have at the moment. But chair, the rest I'm sure we can deal with extensively in the form of uh, responding to the questions you have made. And I think there needs to be more time given, uh, as Prof was saying, perhaps uh, ESCOM, they could come by themselves as well as the other entities in that way to ensure that there is uh, shared as much information as possible. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you, DM. Um, DM Asondo? Just one comment on the ESCOM debt, um, uh, because we, we, we fully agree that uh, the, the liability um, on ESCOM for ESCOM is quite high. And indeed, the ESCOM capital structure, it's a problem. Uh, equity and liability, they are not balanced. The liability is more, it's higher than equity. And therefore, to fix the capital structure um, of ESCOM, we need to reduce the debt component of the capital structure. And uh, indeed, as we've said before, as Treasury, <coughs> that government equity injection, it's not sustainable. Recapitalization of um, ESCOM from government, it's not sustainable. And we've said also in the past that debt is a symptom, it's not the cause of the problem. Because, Chair, you'll agree with me that if you're running a company, the costs are very high and revenue is very low, uh, it, it's a problem. That, that company, it's not uh, sustainable. And therefore, we need to get into the root cause. And I think with the new leadership, the executive of ESCOM, they are working very hard to make sure that uh, we deal with the cost uh, drivers of ESCOM. And I think you are correct, Chair, that I think they need to come back with more details on how they are basically dealing with some of these cost drivers uh, so that we should be able to deal with this debt problem. Because as long as we throw money into ESCOM and these other entities and we're not dealing with the root cause, uh, we're just throwing the taxpayers' money uh, into the drain. Therefore, the cost efficiencies need to be dealt with decisively. Now, coming back on the proposal, uh, by COSATU, uh, we, we fully agree that uh, COSATU is being positive in trying to find solutions to the problem that we have insofar as 
um, as COM is concerned. However, the ministry has not yet received a detailed proposal uh, from COSATU, so it will be very premature for us to comment in detail on this matter. But I think we should also take into account that PIC invests money on behalf of its clients. Uh, so they take the mandate from, the, from their clients, the biggest one being the GEPF and the Unemployment Insurance Fund and other funds that uh, are managed by the PIC. So th the solution, therefore, is that the PIC to invest um, into ESCOM, um, in other words, uh, transforming or changing the loan into equity, uh, they'll have to get mandate from uh, their clients. The ministry is not involved in the investment decisions uh, of ESCOM, uh, I mean, of uh, the PIC. So I think I'll leave it there insofar as the proposal is concerned, but we are open to all sort of ideas and suggestions to basically uh, make sure that we deal with this uh, uh, ESCOM uh, debt. Um, I think Honorable Mlenzani asked a question on whether these conditions are uh, legislated or not. I think you will recall, uh, Mlenzani, that uh, we came to persuade you as a committee that let's not legislate uh, these conditions so that we'll have a leeway, uh, there will be some flexibility to make sure that uh, we deal with these issues without um, serious legislative uh, constraints. And we said it's better that the committee and, uh, should have strict monitoring of these conditions on whether we are, uh, ESCOM is basically complying with them or not. And I think this meeting today, uh, it's actually a proper meeting to make sure that uh, you are basically uh, monitoring these conditions and making sure that as Treasury, uh, the money that we allocated for, with your permission to ESCOM, it's not money that just go in without these conditions being adhered to. So we see this process coming back to you to call, to to, to uh, account on how far we are in making sure that uh, these conditions are being met. It's very important. It's very um, a good step and 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 in in the right direction to make sure that uh, what you said we must do, what you said ESCOM should do, and other entities being done. So we look at this. Uh, um, a, a meeting and coming back to, com, uh, to to account to you as part and parcel of uh, accounting and making sure those those conditions are, are adhered to. And we'll still persuade the committee that we should not legislate these uh, uh, conditions. Uh, let, let's work uh, in terms of uh, strict accountability and 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 being asked questions. And indeed, chair. We'll come back on issues that uh, you've asked, all of us. Um, and I think uh, the DM, uh, Masaole, has also indicated that they'll come back with answers on some of the questions that you've basically asked. 
and provide those answers uh, in writing. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, uh, uh, thank you, Comrade DMs. I think um, <clears throat> we gravitate towards the end of uh, of, of of the meeting. Uh, just to re to recap on, uh, <clears throat> I think the, the way the way forward. I I think from from our side, I think we'll start the ball rolling. We're just going to follow up on on the questions and and send those questions to you in writing. Um, and I'm saying to you, I'm saying to all the presenters through the, I think we'll be doing through the, uh, through the ministries, um, and then so that you can have written responses based on the on the on the written responses. Then we'll, write out, we'll take the process forward. Perhaps we'll we'll, we'll request that you, you appear before ourselves again, okay? just to underline one thing that uh, uh, we are all for the sustainability of the, of these companies and um, so that they can continue playing. Uh, they are intended intended roles. We've got different responsibilities. Ours is an oversight function, and hence uh, you are being here, which we re we really appreciate that you you availed uh, yourselves, uh, both uh, DMs and, uh, and and your teams from uh, the, the the departments, and uh, I thank the chairperson of uh, uh, of ESCOM, uh, uh, Prof Mohoba. Uh, the chairperson of 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 S of S A S A A, Miss Mukoduso, and S A S A Express, and your teams that you you came here. So I'm still going to <clears throat> to 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 engage, and until we get a, a, a sustainable and a lasting a, a solution. But uh, th thank you very much, colleagues. <clears throat> Um, yeah, we are free to stay, but uh, again, if you, you are rushing somewhere, uh, you, you, you may uh, leave the, the meeting. The committee is still in session. Uh, we are going to agenda item number four. Chaperson, on a lighter note, Chaperson, I heard the response from the professor, the, the yes. Chaperson of ESCOM. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm saying this on a lighter note. If Uprof can understand how how deep the thorn has gone into our flesh when it uh, relates to ESCOM. When we are talking ESCOM, we are talking of what we know and we have been to ESCOM. So I listened carefully to his uh, response, uh, perhaps as if we are not sure of what is it that is taking place in ESCOM. But as I'm saying, this is just on a, on a lighter note. When we meet face-to-face, uh, -face, we'll have to dissect these issues and begin to create some understanding. Thanks, Chair. Okay, thanks. Uh, uh, thanks, Honorable um, 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 De Definitely, that was uh, the first bite for the professor with, uh, with, the, with the committee. We can promise him that we are still going to meet and. Uh, even coming to to ESCOM again to pick up on some of of, of the issues that were raised the first time we were there, but thank thank you very much for raising that that that, that matter. <clears throat> uh, we're on agenda item number four. Um, Darren, any announcements and that you'd like to refer to? No chairperson, except for next week's engagements, it's briefing by National Treasury on the Appropriations Bill on Wednesday, and then on Friday it's public hearings on the Appropriations Bill. The notice will be forwarded before the end of the week.
Thanks, Jay. Okay. Uh, thank, thank, thank you so much. And um, um, I, I think the DMs are still there. I can see them here. Um, I just wanted to stress that we know it's a very it's a very busy period for uh, for for you. Uh, I know at National Treasury you we are, we are busy with the the, the, the adjustment appropriations. Uh, good 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 luck. Um, we'll will soon be will soon be meeting. Um, you you know uh, our our thoughts on a number of things, um, including the land bank and stuff and so on. So. <clears throat> Good luck. Uh, uh, let's uh, to be there. You you must be able to stretch around. We need the luck. We, we need that luck, chair. We really <laughs> <laughs> Tough. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, you you mean we are excused, chair? Yes. You you you, you are you are the end. Uh, thank okay, you. Thank you very thank thank you very much. Okay. Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you, colleagues. Um, I think, uh, 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 honourable members, I think what we we, we must do, uh, I, I would like to to request you uh, some of the questions that you you raised, and uh, we don't think that we received satisfactory answers. Can I request you that you write those questions and send them to uh, uh, to to Darren? So be doing the same, and then I'll, I'll before we, we we send them out. Uh, We'll take them back to the committee so that you can see that they are all covered, so that we get a, a, a <clears throat> a, we get more detail on the questions that we, we have asked. Obviously, three hours is not enough time to deal with uh, three uh, institutions which are all in trouble. So I, I'll, I'll definitely invite you to write those questions, send them to to Darren, and once we have collated those questions, we'll come back to the committee with those questions having been summarized before they are being sent to. The respective ministers. Uh, 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 can can we live with that? Yeah. Chairperson, can we get a deadline for the questions, please? Okay. Where are we? Well, let me let me see. Where are we today? Um, it's um, okay. Why 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 don't you say by Tuesday next week so that we give our members enough time? Is that right? In any case, we won't, yeah. Let's let's say by Tuesday next week. Let's say end of business day on Tuesday. Let's try to get those agreed. questions together. Agreed. Yes, agreed. Hey, Mazamban Kon. Mazambani. See, Mazambani is there. Okay. Agreed. Mazambani follows SAA wherever it goes. He'll be there. That's 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 why that was on a lighter note. Honourable members, thank you very much for having enjoyed until this time. It has been a long day uh, from the sitting, uh, NA sitting, and uh, jumping straight into into this meeting. So uh, let's 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 uh, meet next week then when we deal with the national treasury. Uh, it's in the process of trying to finalise the appropriation bill. But thank you very much. This takes us to the end of the meeting. Thank you. The meeting is adjourned. Thanks, bye, 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 and good, good night. night. Yes, good night. Good night. I think we deserve catering today. Thank you very much. Good night, good night, Dr. Good night, Thank you so much. Bye.
Can we go and rest now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sleep, take it. And it's cold everywhere, hey? Okay, Chair. Good night. Night, night, Good night thank to you. the staff. Thank you, thank you. Night, thank, thank you, thank you, staff. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> At least nobody's going to thrive.